everyone, and welcome back to the Riverdale Recap Podcast. Today, we will be talking about the 15th episode of Riverdale Season 5, Return of the Pussycats. I'm Mary Kwiatkowski, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, who I would love to go on a concert tour with, Kirsten McKinnis. Kirsten, how are you doing tonight? Ugh, you just reminded me of how badly I want to go to a show. I want to go in a mosh pit. I want to dance and flail around. I want to go to a concert so bad. I'm sorry, you want to flail around? In a mosh pit, it's what you do. Okay, um, I've never been in a mosh pit. Yeah, you don't really seem like the type to go in there. No, I like, like, my favorite part about concerts is that I can have my own space and then I have, like, close access to, like, drinks and the bathroom and things. Like, I'm I'm in, like, you know, stadium seating. I'm not, like, down there on the floor with the real fans. No, I'm against the barricade, and if I get there late, I can push my way to the front. I will be there. Okay, one day you'll take me to a concert and give me the real experience then. Mm, I don't know if you're meant for it. <laughs> I'm mean, think I went in... Um, Denied. I, God, this must have been 2016. I went to see Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness, Panic at the Disco, and Weezer with one of my closest friends in the world. And I was at the barricade up against it, front row, having the time of my life. And she was like, I'm gonna go sit on the hill and uh, when you're when you're done with this I'll see you there and I, I feel like that would be you on the hill I'm not bringing a book to a concert but I, like I'm getting into it I'm singing I just I don't like crowds I don't want to be in a crowd it makes me nervous well yeah then I'm not making you get in a mosh pit then I don't want to make you nervous <laughs> okay there good All god right. well at least we know our own lanes then okay you can handle the mosh pit I'll, I'll sit on the hill with your friend perfect so what'd you think of this episode pussycats returned well, uh, I feel like honestly nothing happened. So it, it was it it was an episode of Riverdale that I watched. I, it was almost like a bottle episode. Like I feel like not that much happened that's going to matter outside of this episode. So way back in season one, I think it was season one episode four, which is the episode where the uh, m- like outdoor movie theater is being bought and they're like trying to save the theater last minute and stuff. And I remember listening to some other podcasts around that time and they were talking about how that felt like the first attempt Riverdale did at like making an episode that was standalone and didn't really affect the rest of the story that was going on. I think the only thing that happened in that episode that really affected anything else was like Miss um what's her name? Miss Norberry? What was her, the teacher who Archie was hooking up with? Miss Grundy. Miss Grundy was like uh, kicked out. But besides that, it, like nothing else really affected anything else that was happening big picture. It's about the kids. It's about the kids, exactly. And I kind of appreciate that they do this from time to time. I think it gets a little bit frustrating when there's like a really high stakes thing going on. Like the fact that Betty was just like having the time for life, chilling. And I'm like, aren't you supposed to be trying to find your sister who is dead or dying? Um, I feel like she takes a lot of breaks from that, you know? I also, I kind of get the sense that this episode maybe was intended to be in a different part of the season because it doesn't really make sense sense that Jughead is suddenly back in Riverdale when the last thing we saw was him in New York. Well, I think um, that like that you'd think that they would show him getting back again, but like... Well, I think he was didn't. back. I, I wrote in my notes like, wait, Jughead's back, but then I remembered that in the previous episode when he was sitting in the like AA 
AA group, he mentioned, oh, it's weird to be in this school and not teaching. I think that was in Riverdale High School. Like, I think he was back to town at that point. But it was just confusing because they didn't, like, explicitly say that. I think this might be Mond- Mandela effect because I don't know I don't what know. you're talking about. I'm certainly about. not going to go rewatch the episode and figure it out. But so, yeah, there, I mean, there was a lot of stuff that, like, wasn't super important grand scheme. I watched this whole episode being like, you know, this really feels like a backdoor pilot. And then I got to the end and I'm like, oh, it, it actually is a backdoor pilot. Okay, That's I missed right. that. <laughs> like, I did, didn't get it until the very end. But it really felt like one. As far as I can tell, there is no guarantee that the show is actually going to get picked up at this point. It's it's just they're, you know, they're they're throwing things out there. I mean, uh, famously, they tried this same kind of thing in Gilmore Girls with Jess. They were going to have a Jess spinoff show that did not happen. So we'll see. I think this has well, got yeah. more legs than like Katie Keene, though. At least we know and care about these characters. Yeah, I was going to say famously, they've tried this actually with Katie Keene and Chilling Adventures of Sabrina and did not execute well. Well, so. the difference is that they're actually putting the pilot for those shows basically in Riverdale. Like they're this is a lot. I think that this is very different than like, oh, go watch Katie Keene. It's kind of set in the same universe. This is like, hey, we're literally going to here's the plot well, of the no, show and, and you're Katie, told about it. Stop it. And Katie Keene, Veronica literally went to New York for an episode and met Katie and they went to drag shows and they were at Lacey's and they talked about Katie's love interest. Stop it. Chilling Adventures didn't get the same treatment, but that's because it was a purely Netflix show and not a CW show. Okay. I think they're they're slightly different. Like, I still think this is more of a pilot because, I mean, even the fact that they start the narrating with Melody instead of Jughead. Like, they were clearly doing something here. Sure. If that's what you want to believe. But Katie Katie Keene at least already was... Yeah, I mean, we heard about her, but she was just a small part of Veronica's story. It wasn't like at the end of the episode they were like, Katie Keene, find out more about her. I mean, it kind of was. I don't... You know what? Agree to disagree. Like, come on! And also, it's not like the uh, Pussycats have been such a big deal in Riverdale as of late either. It's just as disconnected from the plot. You know what made me really sad is that at the end of the episode, Sweet Pea goes and joins them and I'm like, oh, we're never going to get any more Sweet Pea in Riverdale then if he's gone. I, what was he giving us in Riverdale? He wasn't here. Like, he hasn't been here since. Exactly. I, don't, I, I mean, I think he was earlier in the time, in, in season five, but I don't even know if he was. So I we'll see. I don't think we have seen Sweet Pea once uh, because they don't know what they've got with Sweet Pea. Or really hot guy is what they've got with Sweet Pea. I mean, okay, he's not that hot. Mm, he's pretty hot. He's like, fine. He's not like. I think he's pretty I hot. Wouldn't. I think he was really hot, and I think Alan was super hot. I want to know more about Alan. (laughs) And and Kirsten is is like, who's Alan? Alan is every nerd. Like, I don't know what you want. Okay, I thought Alan was really hot. All right, let's jump into it. We're going to start with the Melody voiceover. Oh, look, someone else doing a voiceover. Um, It was a little on the nose. Our story is about a town. Nope, scratch that. Our story is about three young women bursting with talent. I mean, okay, that's a little self-centered. I think that maybe she's just as good of a writer as Jughead. If not more. Little did we know that they're little did we know they were the best of friends until sadly they weren't. Our story is about how they parted ways, found their own unique voices, and then rediscovered each other, but not without some drama. Except that's not 
actually what their story is about. Their story is like more like, let's quickly summarize that and then we're just going to jump into the here and now. But actually, we're going to circle back to that. We're going to talk about Pops as a franchise now instead. Because That's right. So there's a Veronica plot in this episode for some reason. Well, yeah, because there was no Veronica in the last episode, so they had to put her in this episode because of uh, reasons. So Tabitha comes to Veronica and she's like, hey, I want to franchise Pops, so can I give you my nest egg and you can invest it and then I'll have more money and then it'll my business will work. Perfect. And Veronica's like, I don't think now is the time. Uh, and she kind of brings up that Chad got her into some sort of Ponzi scheme situation where if any, and now she's trying to dig that hole, like dig her way out of the hole. But if any one investor pulls out of that, she could be in a uh, big, big, big trouble. But I think she maybe does some fraud in this episode. Well, I like the fact that Veronica like was honest with Tabitha and didn't like try to trick her into investing. She was like, let me be straight up with you. It might not be a good idea right now because there's a lot going on. So I liked that. But uh, then exactly one scene later, we're going to find out that somebody named Alexandra Cabot. I feel like I cannot mm-hmm. say that word right. Cabot? Yeah. Cabot. Sure. Comes to Like Veronica. Meg Cabot who yeah. wrote The Princess Diaries? Yeah. I, I When I say Meg, it sounds, I don't know, it sounds more right, but whatever. She comes to town and she's like, hey, I realize that those investments I made with Chad are bad, so I'm going to need a pull out of them. And Wait, Veronica's like, yikes, how about you invest in Pops? she's like, hey, uh, I haven't heard from your husband and I invested with him. Like, I want my money back. I'm not feeling secure. And Veronica's like, oh, don't worry. I have this new investment opportunity. But this is where I think there is some fraud afoot because Alexandra has already paid her money into whatever Chad's bad thing is. Veronica's trying to get the money back to pay that off. Tabitha and Veronica have never been associated. So where, Veronica's not going to give the money from Alexandra to Tabitha because then she loses her capital that she's using to dig her way out of the hole. This doesn't make sense. I think, I mean, I don't, I I agree. I don't know. My guess is maybe what she was saying was like, keep your money with Chad, but also put more money in this other investment opportunity. I'm not sure. I don't really But I don't think so because when it looked like the investment was falling through, she's like, okay, well, I'll have my money back tomorrow then. And so it's like, well, this doesn't add up. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess the idea is that, like, they're investing with Tabitha through Veronica, and Veronica's getting some percentage of that. Yeah, but Veronica doesn't have the money from Alexandra because Chad lost that money. So, like, where is the money coming from? It doesn't make sense. Yeah, I don't know. It just, I don't know. The financials are not right. The math is not mathing. I don't know. I don't know finances famously, so I'm not sure. But whatever, we're going to pretend for the time being that this somehow makes sense because Veronica is going to introduce Tabitha to Alexandra and they're going to talk about how she loves diners and she's like especially singing diners and oh look fake pregnant Tony is back who has clearly already had her baby at this point but she's back being pregnant and um, they're going to sing Little Shop of Horrors I don't know why they're singing Little Shop of Horrors why yeah that's the thing I was sitting here like I feel like most of the songs over the course of the episode I was like first of all why 
Second of all, why? Third of all, why? Yeah, I don't know. There like, wasn't a lot of this episode was musical numbers. Yeah, there wasn't really any rhyme or reason to like why these songs needed to be in here. Except I think at some point they decided like we can't just have Josie and the Pussycats sing, so we need to have someone else sing. I don't know why they chose this song. It makes no sense. But anyway, they sing it. I, it was weird. Yeah. Also, at this point, I noticed that with the exception of this song, everybody is wearing a lot of purple in this whole episode. There's like a lot of purple. I don't know if that was like a thing. Is that like a Josie um, and the Pussycats thing? I don't think so. But whatever. There's a lot of purple. Uh, I didn't clock it, but maybe. How did you feel about the super obvious Old Navy product placement that was like, I was the, sit- it hurt me how bad it was? Yeah, I was sitting here and I was like, wow, that Old Navy product placement is pretty bad when the bag was just on the table. And then she goes, just the most adorable baby jeans from Old Navy. And I was like, oh, it got worse. I would have liked it a lot better if they were adorable baby jeans from like New Gravy or like yeah, but <laughs> New Cerulean or like a- aged, aged blue or aged something. Aged indigo or something. Yeah, aged indigo sounds good. Yeah, that'd be yeah. good. I feel like that would have been but like fu- a funny been, opportunity. It wouldn't have been product placement then. It would have just been a close but no cigar. Well, and so I think that's the point. I like close but no cigars. I don't like product here's, placement. Here's how they could have done it. And like, I know they this is like not much better, but it's one step better. One step better is if she walks in with a bag and goes, oh, I was just at Old Navy. Look how cute these baby jeans are. That would have been okay. But instead, the bag is sitting on the table and Veronica goes, so are you going to tell us what's in that Old Navy bag? Who does that? If you go shopping and I see you got a Target bag, I'm not going to be like, ooh, what'd you get at Target? Okay. Well, first of all, that's psychotic because I would ask you, I would say, what did you get at Target? That's just something that supportive friends do. I guess you don't have that gene, Mary. But it's like after they sing a big song. Oh, are you going to tell us what's in the Old Navy bag? So that performance was great, but I'm ready for the real showstopper. What's in that Old Navy bag? They couldn't even get it to be the Gap instead. Like it had to be Old Navy. And that would have made more sense because the Gap has like more baby clothes. Baby Gap. I mean, there's a whole baby Gap. I think there is like Child's Old Navy or something. I don't know. It's like just part of the store. I don't think there's like a whole store for it. Whereas Gap had Gap and Baby Gap. And like, uh, I feel, remember when we were like really little and it was like such a status symbol to have a Gap sweater? I had some Gap flip-flops that were like my thing and they were these huge like high top flip-flops and it was a really big deal that I had them. Yeah, like I feel like every, like all of the rich kids at my school had like the hoodie that said Gap across the front and it was like, I remember I like wanted one so bad but we could not afford um, to buy our clothes at the Gap, especially as kids, right? Because like you grow out of it so fast, like that's kind of expensive for kids' clothes. Yeah, and and those flip-flops I had, I didn't even buy them. I was like with a friend at the mall and her mom bought us like them because it was like buy one get one or something oh that's hilarious but yeah now looking back i'm like oh why did i want gap clothes because it was at the time when malls were popular and they were in the mall i don't know listen first of all malls will always be popular in my heart um thank you how dare you i love the mall okay i don't even need a reason to go to the mall i'll just walk around the mall you're a mall walker i'm a mall rat honestly okay that, okay, that checks out. All right, that's Why fine. Why are you judging me I'm not, for this? I'm not. I just sad because like I also loved a nice mall. I don't like when things like fall into disrepair, like all the malls in America, except for the Mall of America, not that one. Um. Okay, so <laughs> later on, Alexandra's looking over the pops books, and she's yeah, so like, she gets. 20 years of financial records really fast. Uh, also, I'm not sure why she didn't, like, I thought they were setting that up for a joke that's like, huh, look at this. I see that Pops, like, exchanged hands, like, four different 
times in the last 10 years. Like, look, it was Pops, and then it was Hiram's, and then it was Veronica's, and then it was Pops again. Like, I was assuming that it was going to be some sort of thing where it's like, oh, actually, Pops, like, loses money, and it's not worthwhile. Like, something like that. Or like, oh, we have two years of records, but we don't, or seven years of records, we don't have 20, because nobody keeps 20 years of records. That's insane. Yeah, I thought it was going to be something like that. But no, we just find out that Pops has never adjusted for inflation once. They've kept the same prices forever, I guess. Yeah, so that's like nitpick one of hers. And then her other thing is like, also, we're losing money on milkshakes, so we need to use instant milk instead of real milk. And Tabitha is like, absolutely not. Pops Chocolate Shop was first just a store that only sold chocolate milkshakes, hence the name. And it was the first Black-owned business in the area, and it was a safe space for people like us. So you need to get off your high horse. We're not doing that. And um, honestly, like, thank you, Tabitha. That was that was a nice speech. I really appreciated that. Yeah, no, it was really good. I really liked what Tabitha had to say. And it showed that she wants to franchise Pops and she wants to make it an even bigger, successful Black-owned business. But she is not willing to, like, make sacrifices to the quality or to, like, change things such that it's not the same anymore. And, like, it makes sense. Like, I feel like if Alexandra had made suggestions, like, maybe sourcing beef from somewhere else or switching other things for cost savings, I like, Tabitha's a businesswoman. She would be open to something like that. But I think targeting, like, the core product, the one thing that is, like, iconic about Pops and what Pops is known for was just a bridge too far for her and took her to the point of being like, no, if we change that, it's like we're challenging, like, the whole history of this business and what it represents and what it means. Um, so I, I like that she was like, no, no, no. We're do I want to do this, but I will do it on my terms and I will not like s- like give away my integrity or my business's integrity for that. Especially because like it's understandable that they might be losing milk sh- or money on milkshakes. But if they're raising the prices of the milkshakes, how does that... I mean, I feel like there's other ways to do it without reducing the quality. Yeah, surely when they uh, update all of the prices to match inflation, they will either not be losing money anymore or it will be a lot more marginal. Right. Plus, I mean, it can't like even if they even if they are losing money in some place and not making as much as they could, they it's not like this is a business that's in the red right now. Like I'm pretty sure it's making money, which is why she wants to franchise it. But anyway. Yeah, exactly. Well, and then also too like I feel like milk is not the most expensive resource in the world. Like typically speaking, they could just like work with some sort of dairy farm or something and like come up with a sponsorship with the franchise to get a deal. Yeah, I think the reason they also mentioned this is this is like a really, really common like fast food thing. Like almost all milkshakes at fast food restaurants are not made with actual milk. Most of them are made with milk substitutes like uh, or like powdered milk, instant milk, that kind of thing. That's why you get it at Dairy Queen, baby. Yeah, if you're so, gonna go fast food. So I think that that's, um, I think that's why they brought this up and I don't, I'm not sure what the reason behind that is. My, my thought was always like storage. Like maybe it's just cheaper to like store that instead of getting like fresh milk and having to cool it and things. I don't really know. Well, yeah, like it's a lot of milk takes up a lot of cooler space. It's an it's a heavy. It's annoying. Like I could see I could see that. Yeah, my my biggest complaint has always been how heavy the milk is. Well, no, but like <laughs> a jug of milk. I, what if you when you have like 16 of them coming every week, like that's a lot. I'm just making fun of you. And let's be honest, Pops probably in this town of Riverdale probably gets his milk in like bottles delivered by an actual milkman. Oh my god, literally. (laughs) And they put out the empty ones to get them refilled. No, because like the apartment building I worked in before I moved to BC had like a Nespresso machine that 
the people who lived in the building could come down and use and make their coffees and it could make lattes and macchiatos and all kinds of stuff. And so it had like a milk hookup into the machine. And so we had to buy like four or five gallons a week of milk just for this building of 200 people to have their coffee, let alone if people are making milkshakes. Like it's, it was heavy and inconvenient and annoying. Makes sense. Yeah. But you're making fun of me. I, I I'm see just teasing you. Okay. I agree. I'm just teasing you. Okay. So that, and, and basically by the end of the rest of the plot, Alexandra is going to change her mind and decide that the Pussycats concert was so moving and the message about supporting Riverdale. And so she's like, okay, let's invest. Well, and also because she's like, okay, well, I bet we can get Josie to do an ad campaign or like mm-hmm. something for the franchises. So it'll, it'll work well. So that, that's yeah. also part of it, but... I feel I did not think we would talk that long about the Veronica plot Neither line. Did I'm I. sorry. Neither did I, honestly. I, th- I, th- I think I was just so mad because so much of it made literally no sense that I was like, I have to get this off my chest. And yet, not one mention of the She-Wolf of Wall Street. Thank God. Like, every every time someone utters the words She-Wolf of Wall Street, like, I travel, like, one more circle into hell, you know? Yes. Like, it's not good. Anyway, so majority of the episode is actually about Josie and the Pussycats getting back together. Sure. Yeah, I guess getting back. To, I guess by the end they get back together. So I mean, that's really all of it culminates yeah, to that. Yeah. And I have a lot of notes here. We don't really need to go through all of them because I was kind of just writing down everything that happened. But yeah, Well, and also a lot of it is just like, oh, a musical number. Yeah. And it's like, mm, so okay. we start off with what Melody and Valerie are doing. Now, I don't know where they are. I'm going to pretend they're in New York. I have no clue it where they are. It seems like they're still in Riverdale. But like, they, they sort of act like they're still in Riverdale because it, they sort of imply that they like perform at the White Worm a lot. They they straight up show them performing at the White Like they are in Riverdale. But and we, we don't just know where they are. haven't seen them. Yeah, where I are mean, they? Where's this cute apartment or house or whatever they're in? I have no idea. We've never known enough about Melody and Valerie and this is no exception. Like, come on. So they're like, okay, Melody was in law school, but she left law school to write and publish her first YA novel, Summer Storm. Yeah, what? Like it's hard? Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. I mean, she's the second person from Riverdale to write and publish a YA novel. So that's pretty good odds for their high school. Her book has been optioned by Tyler Perry for a movie. And they announced that Valerie is going to play the lead. But like, sounds like Tyler Perry actually hasn't like uh, signed off on that yet because he wants yeah, a, a he bigger wants an actual, singer. Like, yeah, or a bigger star, star to, to play the lead. Yeah. Someone with like name recognition. Yeah. Melody is, is dating someone named Nancy. We literally don't find out until the last scene that her name was Nancy. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> we did I, not catch that. But they seem real cute. Yeah, they seem cute. And then Valerie's dating someone named Alan, who's super hot and wants her to marry him. But he's also super understanding that she's not ready yet. I'm assuming that's going to be a plot in the spinoff show. Maybe. I don't know. Got nothing. Maybe. I'm not sure. Josie was on tour for her like world tour or whatever. And she was yes, in she Berlin. she was on her world tour. We hear that she is a number one recording artist. She is living the dream. So obviously things went well for her after Katie Keene. Yes. And she 
was on a world tour um, and we're going to find out later that she, she got a call from her mom that her dad had died of a heart attack. Yes. And so she was like, obviously very distraught about this and left her Berlin show. She just didn't, she didn't perform. She didn't go out. She didn't make an announcement. She just left. And now Mary McCoy, who she will always be Mary McCoy in my heart. She's Mary McCoy in the notes for me. So says, well, I know you're on tour. This happened. Don't worry. I'll take care of everything. Just finish your tour. Don't worry. Like, oh yeah, that's normal. That's how people react to a, a parent passing. Like, it's Mayor McCoy, stop it. That was never happening. And, like, I'm not saying that Mayor McCoy should have, like, not called and, like, waited till the show was over. But you would assume that Josie has, like, a manager who would have gone out and made an announcement or something. But I think that what happened is she called Josie directly and Josie told no one. Right? Yeah, I guess I'm just and I'm just so, wondering if Josie is this like massive singer, how she doesn't have like bodyguards, managers, like people around her who would notice that she just like left a building and I don't know, I guess flew back to America. Sorry to derail, but I have Googled the actor who plays Alan and in his pictures I will co-sign his hotness. I just really, didn't think he was that really I didn't think he was that hot on the show. I thought he was. But now that I'm like looking at like his headshot. Wait, what's his name? Uh, Chris McNally. He's, He's Canadian, Canadian too. He's so hot. I don't know what you were on about. <laughs> I just, I, you know what? I just didn't see it on the show. And when I'm wrong, I admit that I'm wrong. And I was wrong. So the thing is, I'm looking him up on Riverdale. You can't even find any pictures. I think, I didn't realize he had a beard. He didn't have a beard on the show, but he does in real life. Yeah, the beard helps. The beard helps the situation. I mean, he's, he's, I mean he, he looks like generic hot guy, but like he's very attractive. Well, yeah, he's generic but he is cute and symmetrical. Yes. His Instagram is mostly pictures of his dogs and I'm like, sir, I don't... I bet he's like way older than I think he is. No, he's only uh, 31. Oh, wow. That is, that's actually quite a bit younger than I thought he was. I thought he was going to be yeah, like 36. Okay. So, he's wow. actually like super age appropriate for both of us. Awesome. Um, Look at this. Should we compete for his love? I mean, you're closer. Chris McNally, next time you're filming on Vancouver Island, hit me up. I'm really cute it's fine yeah if you ever come to virginia let me know (laughs) hey it looks like he filmed a hallmark movie so he could end up anywhere wow okay great where do they normally film hallmark movies Mm, i think a lot of it actually gets filmed in upstate new york how did we end up here hallmark i don't know we were talking i literally don't know anyways so back to this so anyways regardless of what was done right or wrong when josie leaves her show is she just leaves and she's missing like on the radio it's it's like the thing of like and josie if you're out there listening to this we miss you and we love you and please come home and it's like oh oh so she's missing missing yeah but she goes to i guess the last place anyone would look her hometown she just goes home it's not okay this is not Sometimes surprising when you do what people most expect mm-hmm. they don't expect it so she shows up at pops and then she sings it's all coming back to me now by celine dion with like a ton of flashbacks yeah and you then know all the iconic moments like, like milkshake and dancing with chuck and kissing stop sweet it. <laughs> stop it um i really like how it like transitions into her being in the hotel room uh and then we get the noise complaint the noise complaint for me was the only reason why we had to have any songs in this episode at all. <laughs> I This moment was so great and I literally don't because know what the like, point was except for just having someone who hasn't been around in a while to call Hiram out. 
Yeah, li- it was literally so that Josie would call Hiram a little bitch more than once. But the manager says there's no live music allowed after 9 p.m. And there have been complaints. And now, and first of all, since when does Hiram still live in the Five Seasons? Why is he there? Why is he at the Five Seasons? Can he not afford like a house? I'm so confused. Maybe he can. He's put all his money in Palladium. Surely it is more expensive to live in a hotel than to but, like, live in a I, house. Okay, but why is he living there? He, I mean, where's his office? I thought his office was, well, I'm so confused because I thought his office well, was so in Sodale's Sodale. fake. But so, okay, right? Sodale can't be fake because they literally said that like everybody is leaving Riverdale High and going to Sodale High. So like Sodale no, must exist. It's not Sodale High. They're all going because they're getting um scholarships to the private school where uh, Jughead oh, went. that's right. I just, I guess no I just Sodale assumed High? that was in Sodale. I, I like don't know where that is. It's, it's a train's ride away, we learned. Yeah, isn't Hiram also like the principal there i'm like so confused about what's going on i listen no it doesn't make sense but it's fine but i love that like so first of all he doesn't live there we've never heard that he lives there i refuse to accept that he lives there this is another continuity error on the part of the show which again fine it was hilarious but even if he did live there why would you go with the manager i feel like in that situation you have two options one you go knock on the door yourself and go hey can you bring it down just a little bit or you call the front desk and someone goes up to tell them you don't do this i think he was expecting that like his presence would be like you've made me very important Hiram lodge mad and then the person's gonna gonna feel bad but it's josie and josie's like why are you in your pajamas you little bitch <laughs> so good yeah she and he's like why do you think that you can talk to me that way and she's like well you're here in the hallway in your pajamas complaining about my music seems like a little bitch to me yeah it was oh, really okay, great jo- okay josie like, maybe she's not yeah, and I'm not going to bleep it because they said it on the show. So it's an acceptable word to use. Um, no, it's not. Actually, don't call people bitches. Whatever. That that was funny. Josie keeps telling everyone she's in Riverdale to write an album. So she needs to record it, of course, at Riverdale High. I I don't know. I mean, honestly, it was either that or like ask Archie if she can use his climbing his gym. Garage. What is he? Sorry. Where, where does he work? Uh, the, the, the gym that is now like a dog adoption agency. So like, I don't the even know what's Royal. going on. Yeah. I don't know. Real. I thought that was also maybe where the fire station was, but I think they re- rebuilt the fire station. It's like, I don't the know. The fire station's just like close by, I think. I don't know. But what I thought was really funny is Josie, who is like an international celebrity who's obviously doing well financially, says, I will pay top dollar for this. So maybe they could like, I don't know, buy school supplies or like have more than one sport team or like do anything. Like they could get a lot of money. They could be like, oh, hey, we'll rename it Josie High if you just like like pay us to rebuild it and you then you can record here. She would have done that. She would have done anything. And Principal Weatherby says, how about you teach a music class as payment? The kids will love it. Yeah, he's horrible at managing the school finances. And this was a huge missed opportunity for him. I noticed that the girl from the beginning of season five, I forgot her name. It was like Bree or Bryn or something like that. She's back. She's the chick with the red hair. She's the one who's like on the football team. And I think also in RROTC maybe. I, I don't know. She's like around, but she's she's like she's the only girl doing like multiple things. Yeah, and she's also like in Betty's shop class. So she was singing in the choir room, and then later on, she's like watching the concert. I just noticed that like they panned to her a couple times. Archie catches up with Josie, and he's like, "Hey, come to the White Worm tonight and hang out." And it's like super awkward, but also pretty funny. Uh, also, uh, it's been a while. We got one entertainment tomorrow. 
I loved Entertainment Tomorrow. And then also it was back to uh, Vanity Flare again. Yes, which we already have. But Entertainment Tomorrow, which is, um, I, I guess, uh, where uh, they said Josie was had a special on Entertainment Tomorrow. Um, I, I wrote, look, Jughead's back. Because, yeah, I also briefly forgot that he was in Riverdale. Or maybe he's not. We don't know. So Betty immediately jumps in with like, Josie, this is perfect that you're back. You can help us save Riverdale because you're a celebrity. And Veronica's like, yeah, let's do a benefit concert like old times. And then Josie, really speaking some truth here she's like hey you know what i didn't really have much to say in what happened in old times and we aren't really friends and then jughead's like oh yikes veronica called out and and she's like yeah last time i saw you jughead you were trying to rob pops in a serpent mask which took me a really long time to remember what i mean they flash back to the scene and i had no memory of this weird thing with fp and his mom and jelly bean where they had to do all the crime throughout the night because they were gonna get like framed completely forgotten about that like yeah me too and i wish that it could have stayed that way yeah i wish it could have stayed that way and then she's like betty we spoke maybe one time in high school which was generous i can't think of a single scene that's like betty and josie actually talking where they're not just in the same circle so that was great and it was yeah they really were speaking the truth in this moment but it was kind of annoying because it's like this is not a fault of those characters i mean like i know that this is a tv show so in the tv show josie's gonna call the characters out but this is really her calling the writers out like the writers didn't give Josie a character or a say or friends or things to do and that's why she's like calling these things out the reason that she's calling Betty out it's not like Betty as a person you know like felt like bad for these characters I have to tell you none of these people are real they don't (laughs) care like what are you talking about do you see what I'm saying though that this is like clearly the writers like having to basically I think I think it's the writers being like hey we really messed up not integrating Josie more so now we're gonna call our own selves out for it and hopefully get another show where we can write about her yeah anyway um and then she calls out Cheryl for stalking her and sending her a pig's heart which was definitely I don't the remember any of that and I wish I didn't have to remember it yeah this was pre-Tony and then uh Archie and Kevin I guess are like the only ones who really had any kind of friendship with Josie so they they, they get a pass they don't get called out well I think Archie doesn't get called out because he had a good relationship with Josie and Kevin doesn't get called out because he we don't need Kevin to have a well and Archie also in that moment kind of speaks up a little bit for Josie being like whoa like Josie just got back like let her live her life yeah Archie really trying to do his best to uh win the most normal person of the week he's trying yeah and then Josie runs into Sweet Pea outside and they hook up and it's really cute because I love Sweet Pea but I was also really sad because then he's gonna leave then Josie's gonna call up Val and Melody who I guess live in Riverdale and they catch up and then Val and Melody perform physical by Dua Lipa on stage. Yeah, uh, Josie's like, oh, do you still perform? And they're like, oh, do we perform? Yes, we do. Look at us in the white worm. Yeah. And then they kind of call her out much in the same way that she just called everyone else out because they're like, you didn't respect us when you were still in town. It's not just when you left. But like, we don't we don't know about this. They're like, oh, you just stopped calling us and stopped texting us. We don't know about this. Yeah. All we know is that Val and Melody stopped being on the show. Yeah. Which is, again, the writer's fault. It's not Josie's fault. It's writer's fault. Josie's not real, Mary. <laughs> You, why are you so concerned about what's her fault? I don't know. Stop it. Um, this is where we could... I just want to get a spray bottle and just like... <laughs> 
Stop it. This is where we get a scene uh, that we talked about earlier with Mayor McCoy discussing about her father's death that we already talked about. Yeah. I also was interested in why Josie kept using the alias Mrs. Newmar. And it turns out that Julie Newmar was uh, the person who played Catwoman on the Batman TV series, uh, which I found on the internet not only fits into Josie's feline motif, but is also yet another of the show's near constant DC comic references. So Yeah, of course they're that. making DC comic references because it's the same channel that The Flash is on. Yes. The CW does a lot of yeah, a lot They of have all the DC shows. comic shows. Yep. Um, yeah. And so um, in this moment, like we already talked about like the weirdness about how Mayor McCoy tells Josie about this, but um, she also gives Josie a book and it's songs that her dad had been writing, maybe some that he didn't finish, some that he did. It's just a lot of songs. So now I'm like trying to remember back in that scene where Jughead bursts into Pops in the Serpent Mask. That was her dad there. And now the first time we see her yeah, dad. Yeah, because this is, this is when Josie was like, like, I want to leave Riverdale. It's horrible and dangerous. And he was kind of pushing back, like, no, you don't need to come on tour, like, blah, blah, blah. And then um, Jughead robs Pops at gunpoint, and her dad's like, okay, you can come on tour yeah, with me. Yeah, I remember that, but I'm trying to remember, when he came back in that episode, was there, like, something about him saying, like, I'm going to be a better father and, like, be nicer now? Because he was horrible no. to her, like, in season one. It was more not more so that he would got better, but I think it was that when um, Josie wanted to be performing, she was aligning with his ex expectations so he was maybe a little bit nicer to her but we also hear that like over the course of whatever these years have been that she had like toured with her dad and then she became bigger than him so I think he probably just was like proud of her success and was like okay well I don't have to do this anymore the other thing too that I forgot to mention when Archie sees Josie at the school he goes oh it's been what seven years no it hasn't it has been eight years because she left during high school stop it it has not been seven years not everything was seven years ago. Yeah, they don't know their timeline. We should try, I mean, I know we're not going to do this, but we should try to compile a timeline based on like what they say and how much it doesn't make sense. Well, it gets 2020 and 2027. Yeah, like, yeah that's what I'm saying. Enough is enough. So, like, if they had just made a, a timeline, they could have made this work, but instead, they made a murder board, and it doesn't add up. God, they just love sorry, their murder I boards. forgot about that, and it made me really mad in the moment when he said, oh, what, it's been, what, seven years? Shut up, Archie. No, it hasn't. Hey, props to you for remembering when she left. I, if you were like, when did Josie leave? I'm like, I don't know. It could have been a month before the end of the senior year. I have no memory. But it wasn't because it was in G&G, which was season three is when she left. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's rough, which was definitely their junior year. So something else I just want to bring up in case anybody misunderstood me. I'm not saying that because her father was not the best guy that like she can't mourn his death. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I feel like they were retroactively trying to be like, your dad was such a great guy and look how much he cared about you by having his picture your picture and it's like yeah but he was also kind of a like not great guy yeah from but what I, we saw. I think like that's that's the thing with grief and like uh especially like with losing a parent like it's a weird vibe and like oftentimes even if someone's kind of a shitty parent they still care about their kids and are like motivated in their shitty actions by thinking that they're doing the right thing for their kid even if that's not true and Josie just found out her dad passed away like recently we don't 
know what their relationship's been like. We don't know when the last time she saw him was. And so she could be having a lot of feelings of like, oh, I wish that I had left things differently the last time I saw my dad. Or maybe they had been in a really good place and she's like, wow, we weren't in this really good place for long and I regret not having... Like, losing a parent leaves like a lot of holes and we don't have enough information, honestly, to really know even how Josie is feeling or what's going on because this is all super fresh. Like, this happened so recently. So I think it's fair to bring up like, oh, we don't know where their relationship was at. We don't know if it was good. Yeah, we don't know where they've been at recently because they haven't been on the show at all. And even on Katie Keene, her mom was on Katie Keene, but he wasn't. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a step above rude to show up out of like show up, be very reluctant to see your your daughter sing when it's so clear that all she wants to do is like impress you and then leave partway through the concert because she's not singing the type of music that you want her to like I think that's a step above rude I think that's like I think that bad. you'd be surprised at the amount of parents that do stuff like that though like it's not good parents I'm not need to get defending better. him do better parents like um, it's this is not a defense of him at all but like that's one thing that happened nine years ago in this where we're at in the show right so like yeah we don't know what happened in those intervening nine years or if he ever like fixed himself or anything I'd be curious to go back to the episode where she does leave on tour with him because I feel like there was something there about him like apologizing for not being around Maybe. as much. I could be wrong. I don't want to like retroactively I say think that, but also, I think that might be true. I think that even without like a full apology, it probably made her feel really good that he actually was like, okay, you can come with me. Yeah. Because she wanted out of Riverdale so badly at, like, no matter what the cost. Yeah. Later on, Mayor McCoy is going to tell Val and Melody this, which I think is part of the reason why they end up feeling a little bit more sympathetic towards Josie and end up coming back uh, to perform with her. But before that, um, we have another scene of Val and Melody in their apartment where Melody tells Val that Summer Storm actually isn't going to be made into a movie anytime soon because Tyler Perry wants to cast uh, someone more famous. And Melody put her foot down and was like, no. It's Val or nobody else or whatever. And yeah, I, I gotta say, loyalty. Something I like about this episode, it was very un Riverdale or just very un like teen dramas in general. Was anytime something would come up that seemed like it could be a source of tension, they just immediately like squashed it. Like, oh, maybe it's a source of tension that like this movie thing isn't going to, you know, that Melody isn't telling Val about this. But no, she just tells her like a day later. And, you know. And it was like, I feel like it's very real life too because Melody was like building it up. Up in her mind as this big thing that's like really wrong and when she tells Val like Val's like listen I understand if you need a big star to make this movie like go make the movie with a big star like I, I get it you don't have to make it with me and Melody's like no it's your role that you were born to play so no I will not be doing that Um, and it just turns out to be like totally fine and I feel like people do that all the time where we build things up in our heads like they're gonna be this big dramatic thing and then you literally have a conversation the simplest conversation and it's like oh actually everything's fine yeah so they end up meeting up again in Riverdale and they're going to do the benefit concert that's going, the money is going to go to retowning Riverdale, whatever the official term for that. I, yeah, I don't really know it's how... It's not incorporating, but like whatever 
Yeah, I think it'd be reincorporating. Okay, maybe it is. Um, so they do their reunion concert. Um, at first I was like, why is Dr. Curdle Jr. here? Like, they literally... He's a big fan of Josie! <laughs> they literally paid this man to show up and say these lines, and then they end up doing, like, a joke with him at the end where they, like, need a doctor to deliver uh, Tony's baby, and he's like, I'm a doctor, and they just ignore him. We're like, yeah, we're not using you, creepy Dr. Curdle. I, well, I like how Betty's like, why are you here? Did someone die? <laughs> As if he lives in the morning and never leaves ever yeah. like yeah doc, d- dr curl jr just showed up where you are betty because he knew you had a dead body and he was like maybe she'll I give mean, me some small bills to tell her what happened look, love it or hate it this was an extremely self-aware episode of riverdale it is like we're calling dr curl out I, he's you know not what? only going to be in morgue scenes he's going to be around <laughs> other places listen i'm not going to go so far as to say extremely self-aware, it was self-aware. but it was at least somewhat self-aware which is like a thousand times more self-aware than it normally is. They they bring these characters who haven't been in the town or the show for a while back, which allows them to sort of like, basically imagine that all of these people, even Val and Melody, who like technically are living in Riverdale, they're not part of the normal absurdities that are going on. And so they're allowed to come back and be like, no, Hiram, I'm a real adult. I don't have to listen to you being a, you know, whiny little baby. Like, Betty, stop pretending like we're friends and Veronica, you know, like we weren't friends, whatever. Cheryl, you did some like ridiculous stuff like I think it's funny that they're calling out all, all the old things they did I, I just I thought that was good anyway so they're gonna perform some songs I stopped writing down the names of the songs they were singing you know seems to be going well yeah. I noticed that Betty and Jughead were put next to each other quite a lot and they did a lot of like panning between them. I don't know if that means anything or not, but you know, I just feel like we're culminating in something. I feel like I've seen the writers talk about how like Betty and Jughead are going to have some sort of interaction or reunion or conversation within the next couple episodes. So I think that's coming. Spoiler alert. Yeah, sorry. It's out there. It's on Twitter. What are you going to do? Archie kisses kisses Kevin's face for like no reason, like from behind. I don't know what the point of that was. Good, good job. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I don't know why Josie was like, even you, Jughead. I I, I guess that was her well, forgiving him for like. I think that was her being like, Jughead doesn't look like he wants to be here, but I'm gonna do crowd work anyways. Yeah, she was like, we've all sang here, even you, which I guess is true because he did technically sing there one time for that really, really horrible song they all sang in the White Worm. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that talk about ever it. again. On. Um, Tony goes into labor and go- Tony goes into labor and then she delivers the baby like in pops is there not a hospital like just because you start like having it's not a town anymore where's the hospital but i'm just saying maybe like, she doesn't have health insurance but like plenty of people are at home when or like out somewhere where they like get contractions that doesn't mean they have to have the baby like right then unless she was Listen, like sitting on they, these contractions for a week just waiting as it got they worse they planned for a home birth okay mary I, okay yeah so she Cheryl and Fangs delivered the baby. And I don't really know what was happening. At some point, somebody, and I don't remember who, if it was like, I like honestly blocked this out. It was either like Tabitha or Cheryl or somebody like looks to Kevin and says like, nice job, Kevin. Is this implying that it was Kevin's baby? Like, do, did we get confirmation on that? I was kind of confused. Well, no, I think, well, because like the whole situation was that obviously Fangs and Kevin were going to raise the baby, right? And so I think it was just a little bit of acknowledgement to be like, Kevin was part of this process at one point. And we don't know. Okay. I thought they were confirming. I think it's going to become, no, I think it's going to become a big question of who's the biological father of the baby. I think that's coming up to become like a 
central conflict. Okay, because I thought that they were implying that it was Kevin there. But anyway, I, I might have no, missed that. No, I think that. it was more so like, oh my god, good job, Fangs. And then like, oh, and also Kevin okay, gotcha. is here. Yeah. That that was the vibe I got. But if anyone has a different read on that, please feel free to um, tweet at Kowski Cats. Yeah, I, I could not tell. What I could tell was that when Tony shows up with the baby, it is the most obviously fake baby doll baby I've ever seen in a TV show. Worse than than Breaking Dawn? Okay, no, that was worse. That will it ends up being CGI, but this was like just like a straight up baby doll. Like it was very I mean, obvious. I feel like all we saw was a leg and I wasn't paying that much attention. I never oh. want to look too close at a child. That's just me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was it was pretty amazing. Uh it was certainly not a real baby. And then uh they named the baby Anthony or Tony, which is just going to get confusing. He's named after Tony's grandpa. And that's fine. She's also named after. Yeah, that's fine. I just think it's going to get confusing if they keep calling him Tony, but I think they're going to call him Lil Anthony. Okay. Anyway, so Josie's going to go on quote unquote tour with the Pussycats. And this is where I have a little bit of an issue because um, while they're getting like the bus all prepped, ready to go, they're going to go on tour. The toot sweet dude comes up and is like, listen, your dad maybe didn't die of natural causes. And so then Josie goes, I guess New Orleans is where the first stop on our tour is. And I'm like, that's not a tour. You're just, you don't have venues. You don't have dates. You like, you have to plan a tour before you don't just get on a bus and drive around. You need to have dates. You need to have venues. You need to have set lists. You need to have accommodations. You don't just get to be like, oh, well, I guess the first stop's New Orleans because my dad might have been murdered by voodoo. That's not how going on tour works. I didn't like this at all. Like, there was just a lot I didn't like about this because I felt like it was like very ominous. And I think what they wanted from this was, hey, this show, it's not going to be a spinoff like Katie Keene. This is going to be a spinoff like Riverdale. That It's going to seem on the surface to be a fun teen drama, except they're all adults. Except but actually, there's going to be like a murder mystery part to it. Yeah. And so the one thing I did like about this was that Toot Sweet is like, oh, I'm going to come in with the gotcha moment and I am going to shock them about this murder. And he says it and the Miramacoy's like, yeah, we live in Riverdale. Anytime someone dies, it could be like suspicious. Yeah. So there was that. But how are they even going to determine it? Because Josie's father's already been cremated. They're not is what's going to happen. They're not going to be able or to Or do you think maybe it. that's not his body? Maybe it's someone else's body in that box. Yeah. What if that's just like coffee grounds? Oh, that's, yeah, that's ominous for sure. Oh my God, maybe he's not even dead. Maybe he's alive. Maybe he faked his own death. Um, You know, until we see Those a body. Ideas, trademark Kirsten 2021. If you take them for the pussycats, you owe me money. Yeah, we don't know. I guess we'll find out if that becomes a show. Will you watch it? Did it make you interested in watching it? I mean, uh, I guess it really depends on what time of year and what day of the week it's on TV. Okay, yeah. So I guess we'll find out. Yeah, I don't know. And Sweet Pea asks to come on tour with Josie because he's in love with her. And she says, yeah. And he just leaves his motorcycle at Pops. That's it. Yep. Leaves his uh, motorcycle pops. And I yeah, he said he was going to like put his stuff on his on the bus. So I don't know if he was going to do that. So yeah, he came. He came with all his worldly belongings. Yeah. Just in case she said yes. Also, um, I appreciated the fact that they were able to get a, a cat themed bus so quickly. Listen, when you have money, 
doors are open. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's the episode. Did we miss anything? I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's that's the episode. Um, That's about it. Uh, like I said, I did not figure out until literally that moment that this was a backdoor pilot, but it is. So awesome. So let's talk about a couple things. We got some thoughts and questions from our listeners. Uh, Zev says, part one, I know that she ends up investigating murders based on the word of a man named Tootsweet, whom she spoke to for all of two seconds. But can Josie be the most normal? She called out most of the main cast, and I feel like that needs to be properly rewarded. No, I'm sorry. I will not be endorsing Josie for most normal of this episode. Okay, let's go ahead and do it. Who do you think is the most normal? I think that Melody is the most normal person of the episode. Why Melody over Valerie? Did Valerie just not do enough? Because Valerie's discussions with Alan over getting married did not strike me as like real conversations that people would have. Like, I can see a couple talking about, oh, do what do you think about marriage in the future? Maybe. But the way that it was framed in this episode made it seem like Alan literally proposed and she was like, mm, I have to think about getting married. And it just, to me, uh, didn't seem as realistic as Melody, like, really being in love with her her person, but they can't come on tour. Yeah, why and, can't like, they come on tour? And, like, sticking up for her friend. Well, I mean, I'm assuming she has a job. Oh, yeah. Unlike, I guess Alan is just, like, an unemployed loser. Is Alan coming with them? I so yeah. Okay. Alan was like, I can't wait to come on tour with you. Oh, okay. Hey, I don't know what Alan's doing. So, like, doing. I'm, ass- I'm assuming that, uh, what's her name? Nancy? Nancy. That's all we know. Yeah, I'm assuming Nancy has a job. She seems like a real human who knows what she's doing with her life. Okay. That, to me, made Melody more normal than Valerie. Uh, Melody... And Valerie's been the most normal person, I think, like a thousand times in season one. Melody Valentine? Was that her last name? Oh, God. Now you're quizzing me? I mean, they mentioned it a couple times in this episode, I think. I think it was Melody Valentine. Yes, Melody Valentine. Yes, Valentine. Valentine, You're right. And Valerie Brown. Okay, cool. Can you imagine, Mary, if a bar ever did Riverdale-themed pub trivia? It would not happen. I feel like it could happen, and I feel like even though we don't remember anything we would still like destroy all of the other teams yeah i think so i think we do a good job we've got new pages on pages of notes so could we name our trivia team josie and the quizzy cats that's pretty good i'm trying to think if there's i mean it's either that or like the riverdale wild the riverdale vixens river vixens i don't know yeah (laughs) the the river quizzes (laughs) that's not good i don't know um i think i I think we'll think on that i'll come back to that next episode for what our quiz team name would be part two from Zev, do you think, let's see, do you think we should have had this Josie pilot episode earlier in the season as part of everyone reunited early? This would have mostly made sense to me. Here, they seem to have ignored all the trauma of the season and came to the conclusion Josie and the Pussycats reunited. If that doesn't save Riverdale, nothing will, which is absurd regardless, but more, uh, much more so now. I think they should have done the Josie pilot in season three or four and not made Katie Keen. Yeah, I mean, I guess the thing is that like Sweet Pea was still active-ish in season four I think. Yeah but then there could have been so many crossover episodes. It'd be like a yeah. the Buffy and Angel I mean, situation. it's not perfect but I do agree with Zev that like I feel like they should have done one of two things. Either done this earlier in season five like the second episode after the time jump or done it now but don't include any of 
the cast of Riverdale. Don't actually come to Riverdale. Just have these characters mm-hmm. somewhere else. And that, I mean, that's more like what they did with the Jess episode in Gilmore Girls, which I'm not saying that worked because it didn't. But I, I feel like that would be the other way to do it. It's like, don't try to fit this into the plot. But I guess they wanted to see these characters interact with other people. So, okay. We need to stop acting like we could possibly understand yeah. the way these people's minds work. Okay. We got a close window cigar. We mentioned it before. Entertainment tomorrow. Really excited to add that to the list. Iconic. Uh, we also got several new characters of which I have looked up. Alan Mayberry, um, Melody's girlfriend, Nancy, and Alexandra Cabot. Now, I didn't know this. Alexandra Cabot was in Katie Keene, apparently. Yes, she was. Okay, I didn't know that. Um, I felt here. The thing is, is I didn't watch enough of Katie Keene to like feel confident about it. So I was like, I feel like I've seen her before. I feel like I know her, but I was like, maybe I'm stupid. So I didn't want to say anything. Both Alexandra Cabot and Alan Mayberry are from the comics. Alexandra Cabot made her first appearance in She's Josie, number eight, in September of 1964. And so she is known to be boy crazy, but usually limits her pursuit to whomever Josie is dating. So she is there. She's also in... So she's going to go after Sweet Pea. Mm, Maybe. Uh, Well, I don't think she's... I mean, actually, I I guess we don't know. It didn't seem like they were putting her in the Josie and the Pussycat show, but... I mean, but that would make sense to me if she is, because that's why they gave Veronica a plot this episode and not last episode. That's true. Like, it would actually make some logical sense. Yeah. To have her in town at the same time as Josie. So, yeah, maybe we'll see them meet back up if the Josie show does take off. Alan Mayberry, Alan M. Mayberry, known as Alan M. in the comics and simply Alan in the cartoon series. He is also in the Josie and the Pussycats comics. Um, When I looked up pictures of his comic book character, he looks exactly like Fred Jones from Scooby-Doo. And they say that, like, the characters look very similar um, and they eventually change both of the characters, like, look a little bit to try and recapture Scooby-Doo's success. Oh, and yeah, so they're both there. So I guess that's uh, that's why that's why he's there. I could not find any references to Nancy. Oh, Nancy. So that's okay. You know, that's why Nancy is not going to be a part of the show because she's not a comic book character. I guess. Uh oh well, oh well. I would like to read now a review from iTunes that we got. We actually got several new reviews, but I'm going to choose one to read now. <laughs> Mary just wants to be self-referential. It's fine. No, I'm not going to be self-referential, but I will say uh, if you have any clue of where these come from, it's a very small circle that knows, but I made a joke on a different podcast and that's how we're here with these reviews. But now that we have four new reviews, I'm just going to read them one per episode. So we're going to start with one. This one is from D.D. Wilder, who gives us five stars and his title is a very unique name. Great podcast to listen to while commuting. Thank you. And shout Dee Dee out Wilder. to uh, Dee Dee Wilder, uh, iconic uh, K-Babe and Lesson 2 crew person. Yes. Thank you, Dee Dee Wilder. I don't even know if you listen to this podcast, but you found the iTunes and really that's all we could ask for. So appreciate it. Hell yeah. That's going to be all for this week's episode, unless you have anything else, Kirsten. No, I feel like uh, this was the most fun I've had watching an episode in some time, even though I didn't love the musical numbers. I was going to say, shocking coming from you. Does it does it help when there? But I also, I did. Um, every time a song came on, I did uh, speed it up to 1.5 to get through it faster. Do you prefer it when the musical numbers are like sort of more practically put into the episode like this when they're supposed to be like they're technically supposed to be performing or they're sort of dream sequences rather than when they're like a full on musical episode? 
See, to me, it just really depends on the situation, on who is singing, on what the song is. Like, most of the time, I'm like, this doesn't need to be here. And I did feel that way about pretty much every song this episode as well. But all of the stuff around the songs, I felt like was fun. And I feel like we had a really fun discussion of the episode. I enjoyed it. And I also, I mean, I don't dislike the songs, but I wonder if this is sort of going to show that the um, Josie and the Pussycat show is going to have music in a similar fashion. Did Katie Keene have music? A little bit because they had a lot of drag shows. But it was like the pretty dra- much the in drag the setting queen of the drag show. scene of it was like a big part. Yeah, drag it was all, all of the music was within um, okay. gay bars. Interesting. All right, everyone. That's all for this week's episode. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week for episode 16. Until then, you can follow me online at Frail Mary on every platform. And you can check out all the other shows we have on the podcast here at KowskiCast.com. That's Cow with a K. You can also follow KowskiCast on Instagram and Twitter. Kirsten, you can follow at Kirsten said what on every platform check her out on all the podcasts she does Bojack Horse Pod with Lindsay Wilson but in this past week I did guest on uh, the most recent 90 Day Fiance podcast Ooh, with Puya, which was really fun we talked about 90 Day the other way um, I was on the most recent Robin and Kiva Nita podcast for Sex and a Kiwi and I'm gonna be doing a uh, Big Brother live feed update on Sunday the, the 12th and I'm gonna be on the recap for the double eviction this Thursday. So big week for Kirsten. Oh my gosh. So many things. Big week. Awesome. Yeah. Make sure you check all those out, everybody. And otherwise, we will catch you next time. Bye.